Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome to the first Utopia Football Podcast episode of the week, and a lot to get to. Nick Casario gave us gave us two big nuggets on Sunday to dig into. We've got that. We've got some crumbs left over from free agency. We've got pro days coming up this week. Some for real and fugazis as well that we will do. My name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Of course, joined as always by the Hall of Famer, my good friend, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com, and gallerysports.com john mcclain john you are back from vegas yeah i had a great five days there hosted by gary horn and his wife kelly longtime sponsors of my show on sports radio 610 gary sold his company he loves to go to vegas and we had a blast he was a great host but being in the sports book 12 hours a day for four days in a row i didn't realize you could still smoke it's not just cigarettes, but cigars. It's played wreaked havoc with my voice. So bear with me. All right. Well, as long as your brain still works and we can understand the words, we should be okay. So let's get right into it. We won't do any small talk, John. We'll get right into business. Um, two big things happened yesterday morning. Brandon Cooks traded to the Cowboys for a fifth-round pick this year and a sixth-round pick next year. Texans picking up $6 million of his $18 million contract. Laramie Tunsil signs a contract extension. John, I think this is one of the more remarkable turns, I'll call it, in maybe that I've seen in sports, where a year ago, Brandon Cooks was the culture setter, face of the face of the culture with the Texans, team captain. Laramie was a guy that looked like he had quit on the team the year before. And now here we are a year later, and Brandon literally quit on the team midway through the year after the trade deadline got his captaincy stripped, and it was given to Laramie Tunsil. And now Tunsil is the highest-paid tackle in football for a second time as a Houston Texan. This is one of the more amazing, like almost you can't even script this stuff kind of turns that I've seen with two players. So what have you done for me lately? And Tunsil had a great season. Hardly anybody recognized it, although he was voted to his third Pro Bowl. I think it was his third by the players, coaches, and fans, where he played great, allowed only one sack all season, and he anchors their lines the second time he's been the highest-paid lineman in history since he came to Houston. It's been in the works. We knew it was going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And he's in a position, Sean, where with one year left on his contract, he'll just be 31. So he could sign another extension, maybe even two if he continues to play well. And now they got to worry about Titus Howard, the right tackle, picked up his fifth-year option. They want to re-sign him too, of course. But the Cooks deal, he didn't play well. His best game was the last one. He picked a bad time for Texans fans to have his best game. Yeah. 100, 100 yards and a touchdown in that victory at Indianapolis that lost the first overall picking the draft. I believe his problem started when Jack Easterby was fired. Easterby played a major role in convincing Bill O'Brien to give up the Texans' low second round to get Cooks. And it turned out to be a hell of a deal because 
he was a great player for them and a great teammate for two years, but he was really close to Easterby. And then when Easterby fired and he didn't get traded to the Cowboys, you know, he lashed out on social media. He left the team and then he didn't play a couple of games. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know if that's his fault or Lovey Smith benched him as a penalty, but we knew he was gone. It's, I think it's a good deal for the Cowboys. He'll be happy. That's where he wanted to be traded at the trading deadline. There was one report, erroneous, of course, that Nick Casario turned down a two for him. Are you? Does Casario have stupid on his forehead? No, he does not. So as far as the Texans are concerned, that's good riddance. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, welcome. Yeah, Nick was on with Seth and I today, John, and basically said that. He didn't say it as directly as you did, that the report about a second-round pick was was erroneous. But he said there, he said there was bad reporting when it came to the Brandon Cook's trade deadline. Um, rumor mill reporting, whatever you want to call it. Um, as far as as far as Tunsil goes, do you like that contract? Well, you know, they got it to spend. A lot of people didn't like it in 2020 when they made him the highest paid in history. He's earned it. I mean, still, he'll be 29 in training camp. But linemen today are playing longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I like it if it uh, keeps him here because I thought last year, no, 20, 2021, they should have traded him at the trading deadline because at that point they were going nowhere with David Culley, and uh, he wasn't playing. And uh, so last year he came back. It's interesting. It's the first time in his career he's played every game. And, of course, he gets a new contract. Yeah, I'm fine with it, too. I, it'll be, I'll be really anxious to see what they do with Titus Howard. Nick seems to be a guy, John Casario, that is very cognizant of how things get allocated with the salary cap and whatnot. And I wonder how he'll feel. You know, Titus, if Titus has a good year this year, I don't know that he's a pro bowler. But solid tackles get, you know, 10, 12, 15 million. I wonder if he's going to want to have 40 million bucks allocated to two tackles. But I guess if you've got a rookie quarterback, you're going to splurge somewhere. I guess best to splurge on protecting the rookie quarterback, no? If you can't protect those guys and you can't have guys up front who can help with the running game, you're just spinning your wheels. You can get receivers, of course. They'd love to have a big-time, big-play receiver, and they may get one, but they've got to start up front. And right now they have every starter in place, and I'm assuming that Casario will draft a center. He re-signed Scott Quisenberry to a one-year contract, but we know from watching Quisenberry, he's a backup. Yeah. Yeah, I they're, they're, I think the center still needs to be addressed. Quesenberry can't be the week one starter for this team. You know, healthy. You know, like if there's an injury, there's an injury. Okay, but he can't be the he can't be the designated week one starter. No way. Um, all right. So Cooks and Tunsil. Um, as far as free agency goes, John, the the you know things as they tend to do, they've slowed down a little bit since the first week. I saw a report today that Devin Singletary was among a handful of guys coming into visit the Texans at NRG Stadium. I wouldn't mind De- Devin Singletary in this backfield uh, as a veteran running back. He's, he did some good things in Buffalo. As far as the moves that have been made, do you have a favorite of the moves that have been made so far? And I'll throw Shaq Mason in there too. He's not a free agency signing. He was a trade, but I'll throw him into the same stew with the free agents. As far as transactions that Nick Casario has executed in the last week or so, do you have a, do you have a favorite among those? 
Shaq, <clears throat> Shaq Mason, who I think he started every game last year for the Bucks. He was durable with the Patriots. And um, they got rid of A.J. Can. They had signed him because George Warhop was their offensive line coach last year. You know, it's a travesty. They've had four line coaches now in four years. It, they are the epitome of inconsistency up front, no stability, because they keep changing those coaches. That's a disservice to Titus Howard, Kenyon Green, even Laramie Tunsil, who's been around the longest. But I like the Shaq Mason deal. And for what D'Amico Ryans wants to do in his defense, I like signing Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward got nothing but praise from people in the 49er organization, people who covered the 49ers. Yeah, he'd been there nine years. He's, he's a great leader. He's a guy that will help Derek Stingley and Jalen Petrie in practice, in the, in the meeting rooms, in the locker room. So he's a great addition. I look for him to be here maybe one year. And depending on how he plays, he could be back for two. And, yes, he's older, but sometimes you need that. Ryan's wants to establish the kind of culture that he had when the Texans were winning under Kubiak and the 49ers had uh, with Kyle, under Kyle Shanahan. And so I like those two. I like Case Keenum because uh, Case will be a great mentor to the rookie quarterback. And, you know, I, I've thought for years he'd be a coach like his daddy. It's just, you know, he may play as a quarterback as a backup until he's 40 because he doesn't have to play much. Right. But you hope this is his last stop. Yeah, maybe he goes from the Texans into coaching, but I like those deals. You know, the the signing of Noah Brown from the Cowboys. It's like they swapped receivers. His stats were similar to Cooks's, and he's six two two twenty five. He's a good blocker, and he's coming off his best season. Cooks is coming off the second worst. The first worst was injury plague, so his career could be going down. Now, in all fairness to Cooks, look who he played with at quarterback. And and they got and Noah Brown got to play with Dak Prescott where they throw the ball a lot. So I'm really eager to see how he plays. Robert Woods, second year back from a torn ACL. He should be better than he was last year with the Titans. All right. So let me ask you this then, John. You brought up some receiving names. I was just thinking about this. Now that Cooks is gone, this would have been this has been an easy answer the last few years because, you know, it's been Brandon Cooks the last three years. Prior to that, DeAndre Hopkins. Prior to that, Andre Johnson. This is the first year really since Andre's rookie year that they've gone into the season without kind of a, a number one. I know Cooks is kind of a in the, in the galaxy of wide receivers around the league. He's probably more of a one than a one. But on this team, he's been the, the surefire number one. If you have to predict right now, John, who's the leading receiver for this team next year? Nico Collins has been hurt too much the first two years to count yep. on him to be the leading receiver. You'd hope John Mechie, the third, would step in at the slot and, and be smooth sailing, but that'd be a lot to ask for a guy who spent his rookie year getting treated for leukemia. Mm -hmm. Robert Woods is a possession receiver, another receiver who's a good blocker. So I guess, you know, every quarterback wants a go-to receiver. Woods is smart. He's experienced. He doesn't make mental mistakes. 
So I'm going to say a quarterback like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud is going to look to an older guy like Robert Woods, like, okay. did, like Davis Mills did with Brandon Cooks. And uh, Sean Watson, of course, had the luxury of DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, so they still need to hit receiver hard. I think they their top backups, their first three would be the ones I mentioned. And then maybe Amari Rogers is back up in the slot. Noah Brown, the third wideout. They've got some others. But, man, I think they need to sign another veteran, and they need to draft at least one, if not the second round, in the third round. And because if you're going to have that rookie quarterback, even though you got to protect him, you still got to give him weapons. And so that's going to be something that Nick Casario and all his personnel people and D'Amico Ryan's when they make that move for a receiver, especially the draft, it's got to be somebody they're going to be able to count on for a while. All right. Um, so, John, the big thing coming up this week is pro days. C.J. Stroud is Wednesday. Bryce Young is Thursday. Will Levis is Friday. So a lot of frequent flyer miles coming up for the staff. Um, we asked Nick about pro days today on our show. He kind of poo-pooed the concept that it's really going to change things super drastically because of how choreographed the pro days are. And yet there will be plenty of people coming out of these pro days with all sorts of hot takes about these quarterbacks. Are you, is there anything particular you're looking forward to this week with these guys? Uh, getting them over with because they don't mean squat. You think about this, Bryce Young has been working with his receivers to be perfect. When a quarterback is not perfect, you got to worry. I remember Andrew Luck, the wind was blowing like crazy, and they made him throw into the wind. Of course, he had a great arm, and he liked it, and he wasn't accurate on every throw because of the wind. You know, I've used this before, and we've talked about it on Sports Radio 610, a pro day for a quarter quarterbacks like rehearsing for a Broadway play. They've been rehearsing now for weeks. If I'm Will Levis, I'm going to throw because I got a cannon for an arm and I want to show it off. I don't know if I'm C.J. Stroud after the great combine he had, if I'd throw again. Thing about the combine, you're playing with different receivers. It's not orchestrated. You don't know if that guy is supposed to run a 15-yard out and he cuts it at 14. You overthrow him, it's your fault. But the scouts know what the call was. And uh, if you tell the guy to go, 16 and out, and you throw it at 15, you don't know whose fault it is. So it's going to get a lot of hype because of the quarterbacks. It's almost, Sean, like nobody cares about the rest of these guys. You know, you mentioned earlier about Devin Singletary. You know, I think it'd be terrible for Nick Casario to bring in a running back who might actually take away the carries and catches of Rex bleeping Burkhead because it won't be the same without Rex out there coming off the bench without uh -huh. Damian Pierce. If Nick doesn't get somebody to take his place, Casario ought to be fired immediately. And I don't care if it's Devin Singletary, a rookie, if they don't get somebody decent to come in here and help take the load off of Pierce, everybody should be fired. Yeah, I think they're going to do that. I, I, I feel confident in that. Burkhead's not on a multi-year deal, is he? Like, he's not still on the team, is he? If he is, it should be as a as a, a GA in college. Learning he seems like a coach. swell guy. I feel bad Everybody that he got put in the Rex. position that he was in. Yeah. In fact, you know, so one of the players asked about 
the media and the way everybody treated him, and he knows it. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders. Says, hey, oh, he's been millions job. of dollars. He wins. He, uh, I, I would love to have him in the organization. Love right. to have him as a young coach, just not coming off the bench behind Damian Pierce. That was all Pep Hamilton. Yeah. And a lot of people thought, oh, Casario's making him do it because he was at New England. No, Casario's not stupid. He knew what kind of position they were in. And I don't care who it is. And let me ask you something, Sean. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about Damian Pierce and a veteran running back, or whether it's somebody they draft like Pierce a year ago. What's the good split? 70 30? Um, I would need to see the exact names as to who we're talking about, but let's just say it's uh, it, it's yeah, I'll just go with the generic back. I, I would say yes, somewhere between 60 40 and 70 30, somewhere around there. Like two, unless it was B. John Robinson, and then and, uh, then I'm guessing uh, Damien Pierce would be a backup. Maybe that's why I'm saying, like, I need to know a name, but it's like if, if it's if it's let's say if it, if, let's use Devin Singletary since he's an actual name that the team is kicking tires on right now. I would say that 60, I would say, you know, like two to one, like, uh, you know, if, if Damian Pierce is carrying the ball 18, 19 times, Devin Singletary can carry it 10, that kind of thing. There have been some veteran backs that didn't get very good contracts, but they moved. And a couple of them, I'm thinking, man, I wonder if Casario was in the running with them. Cause you'd think if a veteran came here, knowing Damian Pierce and missed Four games, I think, last year. His agent would tell him, man, you go there. They want to decrease his workload, and he was hurt. It's a great opportunity for you to sign a contract with some bonuses based on your performance, but so far that hasn't happened. I don't care if it's Singletary. I don't care who it is, just not Rex Bleeping Burkhead. I'm going to miss you saying Rex Bleeping Burkhead every week, John, if you want to know the truth. I would like to. I hope they keep him just so I can hear you get angry about it some more. Um, all right, John, you want to do some, you want to do some for real or for gangsies here? I got a few of them jotted down. For real. Okay, let's do it. So if you've listened to the podcast, you know. If you don't listen to the podcast, you're new to this. Then we, John and I do a segment each week called For Real or Fugazi. I read sentences to John as if they are truth. And if they, uh, if John believes that they are the truth and he agrees with me, he says, for real. If John thinks I'm full of crap, then he says, Fugazi. Fugazi. It's Italian for counterfeit. All right, let's get to these, John. Um, Mike Florio wrote a piece today that said that the Jets and the Packers are basically in a standoff right now over the Aaron Rodgers deal and what the draft capital will be that's involved in the deal. In this deal right now, the Jets are the ones with the leverage because the Packers need to get this deal done before the draft. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi, because the Packers want that number one. Unless Rodgers guaranteed them in writing he would play two seasons, and considering how much he loves drama, has become such a drama queen, I'm guessing the Jets are going to have to go through this after the first season. So I think I would give a two. Mm -hmm. And then next year I'd give a two that could be a one if he played, maybe, but that way he'd get a one, they'd get a one and a two. The old they're conditional. Get, yes, they're not going to get the one this year, which is 13, and I don't blame them. But, you know, they're getting a guy who's such a head case. It's amazing to me when he talks to his mouthpiece. Uh, uh, McAfee. Pat McAfee. 
the things that he says about the media are wrong. Mm -hmm. He'll say, well, so-and-so said this, or they said, no, it's not. That's not what they said. I think I've never seen a guy as he got older, like so much attention. And I'm wondering when his career is over, what's he going to do to get attention? Oh, he'll find something, John. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> he can go in a darkness retreat, retreat, and nobody will give a damn. When yeah. And he's going to be 40 this season. Did you see JJ on the Pat McAfee show last week at all? I did not. He was on the, the, uh, the there's some good clips on the McAfee. He's uh, on the McAfee Twitter feed. He's getting uh, to be a little more loose and opinionated now that he's retired. It's good. I enjoy it. Well, I think YouTube, since YouTube is going to be doing some games out of area, but most of these networks are older. Yeah. Amazon tried to get younger, but they still got guys in their 40s. JJ is going to be 34 in March. He's got great, you know, great name recognition. And I don't really care. Fox could really use it. You look at all those guys on Terry Bradshaw and Jimmy Johnson. Oh, yeah. And those guys, Strahan's the youngest. If I'm the networks, I am trying so hard to get J.J. Watt to come be on my studio show, and uh, he want he could he could have him just lined up and get the best deal. And I'm not so sure he won't do that because he he keeps putting a lot of pictures out there about golf and all the courses in Arizona. And of course, they're great, but I still think you know he's going to have a second career and it's going to be in TV. It's not a matter; it's only a matter of which network he chooses to uh, sign with. Yeah, he'll be really good. He was really good with McAfee. Um, all right, John, for real or for Gazy, Brandon Cooks is going to be a thousand-yard receiver once again now that he's with the Dallas Cowboys. Gazy. Gazy, huh? Two thousand-yard receivers. Wow, CD Lamb's going to be a thousand-yard receiver. Tony Pollard will come back. They need another running back. They need to quit worrying about their passing game because they've got Michael Gallup, too. And he's going to be healthy. Well, they hope he's going to be healthy. Then considering Tony Pollard might not be ready for the start of the season, and they're trying to get Zeke Elliott to come back at a cheaper rate, I wonder if Nick Serio will check, at least check with Zeke's agent to see uh, how much money he wants. Uh, Zeke's John, Zeke's washed. He's he's not good. No, I know he's not. And uh, But he's a back he, – they're trying to get him back as a backup and pay him a lot of back, like a backup. That's what uh, he's going to have to do. And I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just wondering if Nick would check. But uh, they got to get another back because what if Pollard coming off major knee surgery is not ready for the first game, two games, and when he comes back, he's not 100%. And then all of a sudden, and then if Zach Prescott, Dak has to throw the ball all the time, maybe they'll have 2,000-yard seasons, but I – just don't see it. Cooks has now been traded four times, and people wonder what's wrong with him. Well, here's why he got traded. Uh, the Saints, his first team, wanted a pick low in the first round to get offensive tackle Ryan Ramchick, and he's been a great starter for them. The Patriots, because of the cap, didn't want to give him a big contract. He played great for them. Then he goes to the Rams and has concussions, so they mm-hmm. trade him here, and we know why. He's traded here. He also benefited from playing with Drew Brees and Tom Brady and one season Jared Goff and then here with Deshaun Watson the first season. So he's been blessed to play with some big-time passers. All right, let's do a couple more, John. For real or Fugazi, uh, 
DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien can be adults and bury the hatchet if they wind up in New England together. Fugazi. I don't think so. You don't think? I just knew. I just don't see it. For the greater I, good? No, I don't think not for the greater good. I know okay. O'Brien didn't like the way he never practiced. You know, he, he didn't reason he traded Clowney. Well, they made Clowney an offer of $85 million. He should have taken it. But he yes. was looking at big-time contract. But he used to drive O'Brien crazy because Clowney was like a big kid. He'd be late and all those things. And then Diop, you know, he never practiced. And now that he's got reasons for not practicing, he's not practicing. And he's going to be 31. He needs to go somewhere where they got a veteran quarterback and they think they need somebody. I'd love to see him reunited with Watson, but like Jordan Aikens has been. But uh, I do not think Bill O'Brien recommend him to Bill Belichick. Do you think that Deshaun Watson pulled an Aaron Rodgers and walked in with a list of players to uh, to Andrew Barry and said, I, I demand that you go get these players for me? Jordan Aikens, <laughs> Will uh, Fuller. <laughs> Uh, no, Bruce Ellington. Maybe while he was there, he Alfred Blue, Grimes, <laughs> Alfred Blue, Alfred Blue had a hundred yard game against the Browns. Look at you! Like You're an encyclopedia. See, that's John. That and if Brian who would have signed Alfred Blue because of that. Like that's the thing. Like remember the year that Chris Polk ran for like a hundred yards against the Texans, and the next year the Texans signed him. Lamar <laughs> Miller, that happened with. Remember Lamar <laughs> Miller from like two bills against the Texans. Next year they sign him as a free agent. And he, he, even though he was reliable, he never came close. No, for the Texans, what he did to the Texans. No, not even close. Not even close. All right, a couple more. Uh, John, the four teams that have to say yes to Hard Knocks. Have you seen this list? No. The four teams. You know the rules, right? About right. Hard Knocks. And for those who don't. If you have missed the playoffs the last two years uh, and you have never been on hard knocks for the last 10 years and uh, or you have a – okay, hang on. You fulfill one of these three criteria, you can say no to hard knocks. You have a first-year head coach, you've been on sometime in the last 10 years, or you've made the playoffs in the last two years. If you fulfill any of those three, you can say no. There's four teams that don't fulfill any of those three criteria. The Jets – the Bears, the Saints, and the Commanders. John, because of Aaron Rodgers, the Jets should be the choice for hard knocks. For real. And especially since he wouldn't like the uh, – he wouldn't yeah, – maybe he would like all that attention. You know, when Rex Ryan was there, he's the best head coach on hard knocks I've seen. I've seen every episode of hard knocks in the summer during camp. I thought Dad Campbell was great last year. And mm -hmm. Of course, the Lions were a surprise team. You know, the one that people want to see the most is the Patriots. But without Brady there with Belichick, I'd, I'd be kind of bored. I think we'd be bored watching him. But I think that there'd be a lot of excitement around the Jets, and I'd love to see it. Best thing about the Commanders is if they had a new owner like Tillman Fertitta, who's in the running. But I think anybody would say the Jets. Think about the speaking of the Jets, Sean, the TV yeah. people, they've got to put together a schedule. And if Rodgers is going to be there, they're going to have the Jets with five maximum national TV primetime appearances. And if he's not, you know, last year they were on once, and I think it was a Thursday on Amazon. 
And so they've got to have that deal done because that, you know, this staring stare down. Yeah. You know, the league's going to say, okay, guys, let's, let's get the show on the road. You know, we're getting paid billions and billions of dollars. Get it done. Yep. Trying to find the list of who the Jets play in, uh, in Jets home opponents. I'm looking to see if they play. No, they cross over with the NFC East. They play the Texans at home this year. Cowboys. Yeah. Eagles, Giants, Commanders. Those are, those are, that's fun. Good teams. I went from a terrible division to a good division. Yeah. While I was in Vegas, I was looking at all the AFC teams picked to be in first place. Mm -hmm. Every one of them has a franchise quarterback, and all of them were bad except Kansas City when they had Alex Smith until they got their franchise quarterback. Hmm. It's funny, John. Some of these teams, as I'm looking at this, the, the Texans play the Jets in New York next year. So there's a chance that there's a chance that the Texans play one, two, three of the big free agents. I say big, and Baker Mayfield's one of them, but he's you know former number one overall. He's going to start for Tampa Bay. The Jet, the Texans play Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, New Orleans, Derek Carr, and the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Those are three teams that looked a little bit easier before free agency in this trade. Well, I, I still don't put much stock in the Bucks and the car and the Saints ought to be able to win the division with Carr. Yeah. Although Carr's only been in the playoffs once and he lost. Yeah. I think the quarterback the Texans take, whether it's Young or Stroud, they're gonna the only reason they put him on TV is because that guy getting so much attention in the build up to this draft. Yeah. I, I wonder would agree. the Panthers, they know the Panthers are gonna have a rookie quarterback taking overall. And the Panthers are loading up with talent for a young quarterback, and I wonder how many appearances the Panthers will get. Panthers play the Texans, John. Ooh, well, there you go. That'd how about that? that that's picks in the draft. That would actually be a fun – and early in the season maybe too, you know what I mean? Like when you know – like the, when the teams are still relevant, you know? The worst game of Deshaun Watson's career, he got beat by Kyle Allen at NRG Stadium by uh what was that it was in 2019 it was 2019 2019 they were good and he yep. bounced back yeah they uh that would be one. in fact now that you bring that up two top quarterbacks i'll guarantee you that'd be a good one to work the texans in for their one national appearance be in charlotte so that's uh because it was in four years ago it was in it was in houston and then they were the odd team and they played them since then yep yeah, that's right. They were the 17th game a couple years ago. Uh, all right, John, a couple more real quick. Um, Blue Bloods have been ravaged in the NCAA tournament. Duke out, Kansas out, North Carolina didn't make the tournament, Kentucky out. If the University of Houston doesn't make the Final Four here that's in Houston, the Final Four as an event will be a disaster. For real or Fugazi? For real, because everybody here is going to be so fired up about Houston, but the fact is, two of those blue bloods cost me money. Kansas being one, and not Kentucky. Who was the other one that got Duke? Beat? Duke, Duke. I thought Duke was on a roll, ten in a row. They cost me money, and uh, U of H cost me money in the first game because I took the eighteen and a half. Because some friends who watch them play every game guaranteed me they were gonna, they were gonna, yeah. Uh, cover and I just uh the hotel that sports book you were sitting it was built on guarantees John <laughs> and I, the second game I was afraid to bet because of uh the injury situation yeah of course they played a great second half 
I don't know, John. I, uh, I don't know about you. Like I'm a I'm a uh, kind of a card carrying Duke hater. Uh, oh, I don't yeah, like. Me too. Yeah, I don't like Duke, but they're not as much fun to root against with Coach K gone. You know, it's just. And they're not. They're not. You're right, but they're also not great without it. Yeah, like you're right. Part of it. Part of the reason that you're rooting against them is so fun, is because it's very rare that they lose. So when they do, it feels amazing. Um, all right, last one, John. No better place to watch a sporting event than in a sports book. For real or Fugazi? Oh, boy. I'm going to say Fugazi because it depends on what time of year it is. Okay. Uh, no, better, I, no better time to watch in a sports book than March Madness. Uh, well, I'll say that one's for real. Yeah. Gary Horn had been trying to get us to come there for the first two rounds. We did. It was so exciting. As an example. On Sunday, the uh, the spread on the last game was uh, uh, five, yeah, and uh, and all these people were cheering because they were going to win it. Can't remember who was in the last. It was game TCU and and TCU and Gonzaga. Yeah. Gary's wife Kelly went to TCU, so we were all over the Horn Frogs, and then everybody was cheering, and then all of a sudden the last. Basket with a point oh point seven seconds left. The guy rolls the ball and nobody runs over there to do anything about it. So the TCU guy waits till it rolls, 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 picks it up, hits it, and those people that were screaming sat down devastated. Yep. And a new group, including us, jumped up and shared madness. Yep. So yes, March Madness and it has got me. I've been there for the final four multiple times. But there's nothing like that first weekend, and uh, I'm told that in the the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, which traditionally is the most exciting, this year's wild card round. Yeah, that those are a lot of fun too. Yeah, at some point I'm going to make those as well. Yeah, it's uh, nothing better, man. I love me a good sports book. I didn't know that's how they covered John. I had TCU. I was catching the points last night with TCU, but I went to bed. It was a late game. <laughs> I just woke up this morning and opened my app at like 4.30, and I saw the final score was 84-81. I'm like, oh, cool. I covered. Awesome. And I went to work. This is the first I've heard that story. Just roll the ball down there, TCU. I mean, uh, Gonzaga's celebrating. Drew Timmy's about to do a TV interview, and the ball rolled and rolled and rolled across the midcourt line. That's incredible. TCU guy. Looks down, picks it up, shoots, boom, he it's made a bad it, beat. And the place went crazy. That is a bad beat for people back in the Zags, man. That is rough. Back, backdoor covers. That's love it. Called. That's a bad it's the old backdoor cover, John. Look, I'm, I'm gonna make you a degenerate yet, my friend. That's the only time I ever bet is in Vegas. I'll not bet again. After all my betting on games, I ended up down uh fifty dollars. Okay, yeah, you had fun. It was fun, yes. yeah. Yeah, you had a good time. All right, John, what do you got going on on the various platforms of John McClain? I have a column that I wrote on uh, gallerysports.com about the fallout from Tunsil and Cooks, and I'm doing a mock draft, uh, my second one. And uh, also, I'm writing a column about Tillman Fertitta and what it would mean for him to get the Washington Commanders because I think he's one of two finalists along with a group that includes Josh Harris who uh, is the boss of our buddy, Ted, Tad Brown. Yeah. And uh, uh, my mind's gone blank, the former GM. Uh, Daryl Morey. Uh, Daryl Morey. And so if they win it, 
and they get them. Tad, Tad might that might be another one of Tad's teams, and I know you just spent a long time with Tad last weekend. Yep, sure did. Went to the Devils game with him in New Jersey. He's the CEO of the New Jersey Devils. He showed us a hell of a time. Sent him a nice bottle of wine as a thank you, John. Is that an appropriate thank you, do you think? That's a great – that is a great appropriate thank you. Very okay. classy. Okay, good. You're, I'm, you're my consigliere on these things, John. Just so you we're know. Sending, we're sending Kelly Horn flowers. Good one. I like that. Yeah. That, that was, uh, you were on scholarship this weekend, huh? Yes, we were. We were on scholarship. I like that. That's a Wallace Marsh saying. When we go on our trips, he's like, don't like worry, it. you're on scholarship on this trip. It's all right. I love it. That's yep. the way to be. Absolutely. Although I would like to be in the other role, too, where I could take people. On it would be nice. It would be nice. But this is the life we've chosen, John. All right. Uh, John, I appreciate it as always. Good stuff. I look forward to doing our next one. And, uh Mailbag. We hit, hit the mailbag. Mailbag. And, John, you got your voice back pretty gradually as this thing went on. You sound better now than you did at the beginning. I did. I've been drinking water like crazy. You got the hot kinks. Tea, hot tea like crazy. Now I'm ready to sing and dance. Yeah. They, okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll put this baby on video and watch you sing and dance. So, <laughs> uh, so that is the, uh, that's the great one, the Hall of Famer, John McClain. I mentioned the mailbag episode. John brought it up. H-O-U, mailbag at gmail.com. I'm sure we got a bunch of them in there because we didn't do a mailbag last week because of our travel schedules. H-O-U, mailbag at gmail.com. This is a great week to send us a question. We will do all on mailbag uh, a little later on this week. Of course, hit that subscribe button. You'll get this podcast automatically wherever it is you get your podcast. We appreciate everybody downloading, subscribing, and listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it uh, as we roll on here. And what's going to be a pretty exciting next few weeks leading up to the NFL draft. So keep it right here on the Utopia Football Podcast. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting the podcast out to you guys each and every week as well. For the Hall of Famer, John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see you guys a little later on this week for the mailbag episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.